0: Here's a fun tip that showed up in a recent issue of Popular Mechanics magazine. If you don't have a magnetic screwdriver, you can create a seal between a regular screwdriver and a screw by putting a piece of paper or even a soft leaf between them. On today's episode of the Most Useful Podcast Ever, we focused on the most actionable tips we could find. First, we talked to home editor Roy Berenson about searching your home for heat and air conditioning leaks, and about safety gear that could save your eyes, ears, and limbs. We also talked to technology editor Alex George about tech products that will seriously help you out if you're going back to school. And on our testing table, we try out a project that was in our how to make anything issue, which shocked the heck out of all of us, and which we belatedly learned about a third of our office had done as a school project in elementary school. It's making butter in a ball jar. Did you know you could do that? I'm Jacqueline Detweiler, and you're listening to the most useful podcast ever. the most recent issue of Popular Mechanics, we were talking about a home energy audit. And I don't have my own home, but this sounds like a really good idea because I feel like all I hear from homeowners is I am spending so much money on either air conditioning or heating and do not understand why and all sorts of questions like that. Peter Martin was the editor on that package and he is here also with Roy, who just knows all the stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No pressure, Roy.
0: Okay. So what are the basics of this? Like, what was the story about?
1: I mean, the story is just that so many of us lose a huge percentage of the heating and cooling that we pump into our houses and pay to pump into our houses because our windows aren't tight, our doors aren't tight, the house isn't well insulated. There's a bunch of things you can do on your own to fix this, and then there's a bunch of things you can pay a lot of money to have fixed. Uh-huh. So it's kind of about staunching the bleeding a little bit and deciding how much money you're willing to pay to do that. At least so, that's what it was for us. Yeah. <laughs> Since our place has a lot of problems.
0: So did you do it on your own house?
1: I did actually get a blower door test, um, which we should explain what that is. It's the easiest way to find air leaks in your house. They actually just set up in the front door a little
2: a canvas. like a curtain with, yeah, right, you know, with just a hole in it. And, and a, a huge boom, fan. And a huge fan that in the hole. It.
1: And then it just runs this fan really high, either pumping air out or pumping air in to your house. So if you're sucking all the air in, then you stand at the windows with a smoke machine, a fog machine... Let's see. How do we do it? We sucked the air out to you make sucked negative. all the
0: air out of your house, <laughs> so
1: you can't breathe. That sounds uh, hard. That sounds just, crazy. We just made the pressure negative on the inside, so that it would be pulling towards the outside. Okay. And so Henry Gifford, who wrote this amazing book about building science, came out to help me understand what was going on. And so he went outside. I had a fog machine inside, which is fun just on its but own. But you to show play you the breathe in there. Yeah. Okay. Just, <laughs> just the pressure is different.
0: I don't know. I don't um, understand vacuums.
1: But then, if I put that around the window, this little fog machine pumps around the window, and it just sucks the fog right outside. And so then you can see bottom left corner of the window has a gap in it. Uh-huh. And for us, it was the fur that lines the inside of the window that I guess There's you could replace, felt, right? Felt strips. Yeah. And, uh, so I still haven't replaced it, but I know it's a problem now. I what can do replace you
0: call it. you called it, fur? Like the fur-lined fur windows. If you
1: open it up on the inside, it looks furry. Or wait, not on the inside. It's on the top, right? I don't know. We had problems everywhere, so.
2: Yeah. Well, it depends on the window, but newer windows have felt strips to help seal the air leakage. And the important thing is to understand that there's been this exponential growth in interest in this, obviously, and building codes have been rewritten to make houses much more energy efficient. But unless you build a house in a factory, most American houses are not, they're built on site- It's very difficult to make a house as energy efficient as it can be theoretically. Mm. It's not impossible to do, but it requires greater team effort, a slightly slower, more methodical approach, you might say. It can be done, but most houses in America were just built long before there was... People knew what they were doing. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we've been using insulation in American houses for a long time, but Understanding that it's more than insulation, that it's also air leaks. But that was also good in the sense that you were replacing the dirty inside air with air from the outside Uh without even having to do that intentionally. The house just leaked air and people knew this and it's a fact of life. They opened up their windows, they closed their windows.
0: So is this like the only test that you did or what else can you? Well, this is
1: the biggest test because it just amplifies every leak that you have. Uh Because if you stood in some places with leaks, you know, you can do it at home with a stick of incense if you don't have a fog gun. Or you could even just light a match and hold it up there. And it might blow a little bit, but then you put the blower door in. We had a spot near our fireplace that you could feel a little bit of a draft coming. It looked like a jet engine was blowing through it when the blower door was on. Wow. Problem is, in that case, it doesn't necessarily locate the leak. It just tells you that there is a strong air leak coming from somewhere, because that was in the gap between the stone, the wall behind it, and the drywall. So anywhere along there could have been something leading to the outside, uh-huh. but often you can fix the things with caulk or spray foam because it will be caulking around the outside of the windows. We found a couple of windows that just hadn't been caulked properly and caulk wears out over five years, 10 years?
2: Well, yeah, it depends. I mean, it can last longer. A lot of variables there and the skill of the insulation, the quality of the caulk and so on. Yeah, You can put down 100% silicone caulk. It's nearly permanent, but There again, caulk isn't a building material. Right. Caulk is insurance. Let's put it that way. We tend to use it today as a building material. It's really not what it's meant to be. Unless the person that's installing those windows and doors, cutting the opening in the side of the building and all that, unless they really are paying attention and are taught the proper way how to do it, you're going to end up with air leaks. Yeah. Right. It's almost impossible not to.
1: Should we do a couple quick tips from Henry? I think just that would be great. things to do? Yeah. One of the things that he told me that I thought was nice because it was easy and it was cheap was just to insulate the water heater. So you can just actually wrap the heater in fiberglass insulation with foil or paper backing. That just adds another layer to hold the heat in your and, hot water and tank. And
0: safe, like from a... Yes, because <laughs> Henry <laughs> I don't know said I mean. so.
2: They do make insulation kits. Especially for that. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's not all bad news, by the way, depending on how the downstairs is seated. Some of that heat is not... It's going to the living area. Yeah, so it's not entirely wasted. But on the other hand, it's not making your shower any nicer either. Right. What you end up doing is cranking up the thermostat on the water heater so you're burning more fuel. So
1: We should point out if you have a gas or an oil heater that you don't insulate the top because then the exhaust can't come out.
2: Oh, right. Um, Very important. So don't
1: mess with that. But you can also just put the little insulation around the tubes that are leaving the heater too. Just three feet of exposed piping and you can insulate a little bit before it goes into the wall. So that was nice. Let's see what else he gave us. Oh, this is interesting. Half the heat your house loses in the winter is through air leaks. That's wow. why this is so important. Yeah. Get a dehumidifier. The more efficient our houses get and it depends on how old your house is. Like mine, it's probably not very efficient at all. But if you have a newer house, the air conditioner doesn't run as often in the summer and air conditioning is dehumidifying your house as it runs. It just replaces the air with less humid air. So if your air conditioner is not running as much, humid air is getting stuck inside there. So Wait, you,
0: you don't run it as much in the winter, you uh, mean?
1: In the summer, because your house is more efficient. Because if it's oh, sealed, you're not I losing co- the cooled air to I the outside. Uh-huh. But that also means you're not getting rid of the humid air and replacing it with the uh, conditioned air.
0: Isn't it funny that there's both a humidifier and a dehumidifier? Like, it just seems like we should have, like, a one preference, but... Well, I we guess learned, we want some sort
1: of medium preference. We learned on here that you feel warmer in humid air in the winter, so that if you run a humidifier, I think Henry, when we had
0: him on I the podcast, that. I believe it was Henry who that, said that to us, yeah. so interesting. Yeah. yeah.
2: To your point, Jackie, in many cases, you need both. Winter air is drier, usually, mm-hmm. than summer air. There's some complex physics at work there. When an air conditioning system is doing by removing humidity from the air, the humidity in the air has heat trapped in it that you can't measure. It's mm-hmm. called latent heat. When the air conditioner is taking that humidity out of the air, it's also taking the latent heat, the heat that is trapped and the moisture vapor that you cannot measure. So that's one of the most important things that an air conditioning system does.
0: Wait, is that why they say it feels like 110 or whatever? You know what I mean? Like yeah. Weather, that's really why?
2: Yeah, there are three things that determine your comfort, airspeed, humidity, and temperature. Now they have computer programs, you know, software that air conditioning companies and heating and cooling companies use. Some of them use it. The better ones use it. But they used to have a wheel. In fact, I still have it. You get it when you get the training materials for what they call HVAC training. It's this weird-looking wheel, and you turn the thing, and it's got this spiral, psychedelic-looking graphics on it, and you turn that, and you dial in temperature, airspeed, and humidity... They have other things, dew points, on, that help the technician or engineers understand how it's going to feel to you. Do you feel uh, perfectly comfortable outside on a 70 degree day, low humidity? Well, if you double the amount of humidity on that 70 degree day, suddenly it feels kind of damp and unpleasant, and you're soggy and very warm. The sweat that you're producing is not evaporating to the atmosphere. The same thing goes inside the house. So it's the humidity temperature, and airspeed that really affects how you feel about the air.
0: How you feel about the <laughs> air. I like that.
1: There's one more easy okay.
0: one. All right. Let's I'd, do it. That
1: is nice because you can just do it this weekend. Sealing the seams on your furnace or the air handler for your air conditioner just makes it much more efficient because then that air is not just being lost in your basement or whatever utility closet you have the system set up in. So Roy helped me find some nice UL duct tape. I went downstairs taped ours up their metal seams usually so they have to have tape on them to hold yeah. it in. it's not this perfect system and you can always feel the air and feel the money just blowing the out. The money
0: just blowing out of your system. house
1: but then it looks so pretty when you tape it it's all clean you still feel it you can't make it perfect but you certainly can limit the stuff that's coming out and so then that goes in the vents to your house instead of just in the closet where your furnace is where you're wasting it yeah
0: that sounds great and winter is coming <laughs> as they say so maybe get on that this weekend. Also, in our most recent issue, we had a special on safety gear, which is, I think, Roy's favorite topic. Is that <laughs> yeah. your favorite topic?
2: <laughs> Almost, yeah.
0: There really is not
1: a story that we don't suggest that Roy doesn't also offer. A, what about a little intro paragraph on what you should have in your first aid kit before yeah, you leave? Yeah, he's like, that.
0: the thing is, you should be wearing goggles.
1: <laughs> like, why aren't we wearing goggles right now, guys? These microphones could break, you could get hit in the eye. Yeah.
2: Could be. Well, probably because I've been hurt so many times. And also, look, that was my dad's indelible stamp on me. It became a running joke in our household, like, wear your safety glasses. But you know what? That generation. That war fighting generation. But anyway, they were farming and working in factories and the army and everything else. And they, you know, were so injured that they really like drilled it into me. Not just my dad, by the way. Other people. And they were,
0: realized they knew people who'd gotten hurt. So they. Well, were.
2: my dad, yeah, I mean, literally had scars, a flattened finger. He was missing Oof. an entire thumb on his left hand. Oh, my gosh. Know. Oh, yeah. Look, I got hit in the eye by a finish nail when I was only 16. Wow. Without glasses? Without huh? glasses, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I actually pulled the nail out. What?
0: Oh, my gosh. I haven't heard that story. That's horrible. Yeah, it is horrible. My wife
2: had a paper
1: airplane fly and stick right into her eyeball in middle school, maybe? So you should even wear safety glasses at in school, school if all the kids time. kids listening. Just wear,
0: actually, you should just wear glasses maybe. Even when you're sleeping. You know? I got hit in the sunglasses one time with a piece of road dirt while I was riding my bike. I like believe a piece it. of road gravel. That, and I was like, thank God I had those yeah, on. Yeah,
1: bike riding makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think I understand that I am stupid for not doing this because of Roy's story about it. But Roy, I believe you wear safety glasses when you mow the lawn.
2: Oh, yeah. No, especially. I was mowing the lawn one time on a volunteer job. And I hit a sweet gum. You know the sweet gum tree. It looks like the seed pod looks like a mace.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Spiky little thing. A mower, walk mower, has a protective flap on them. They all have that today. I see this sweet gum seed. I hear this like pop, and this seed pod comes out from under the mower. And I'm actually watching as I mow. Thing comes up like a curveball. Gets me right in the center of the safety glasses lens. Yeah. Wow. Like bang. You know, I've been hit with metal chips, concrete chips, wood chips. Yeah. It's amazing. So Roy
1: survived all these things. Yes. Yeah. Fortunately, we put together a spread in the magazine about how to be safe in the yard and on the work site. And we can't go through all of them, but we should pick a few favorites.
0: Well, let's Um, pick some goggles first of all. Yeah.
1: Since those are the most important.
0: (laughs) I mean,
2: if you're going to choose one piece of safety gear, you know, put on safety glasses. Here's a good one. They don't think about this. Using a leaf blower. We're getting Mm -hmm. into the leaf blowing season. You know, a gas engine one can move air at a couple hundred miles an hour. And so the debris can bounce off the side of a house. Even grit can irritate your eye. Put on safety glasses.
1: Well, one thing that I learned that I thought was useful, I always figured you just put on sunglasses, your eyes are protected by something.
2: Yeah. Not the same.
0: Really?
1: It's not treated to not shatter and go in pieces into your eyes. Yeah.
2: One of the most important things is there's an ANSI, American National Standards Institute rating for safety glasses that prevents the whole lens basically from coming back. The lens is supported in the frame that prevents the lens actually from being detached from the frame, uh-huh. and they have a shatter resistance. Any reputable safety glass from companies like 3M and offered under other brands, Lincoln Electric Welding is one we use. Those. I really like those. Yeah, no, they're great safety glasses. But the point is, they're not expensive. I buy them by the box, believe it or not, and reduce the price, you know, because they get beat up. I loan them out. People lose them. They step on them.
1: The Milwaukee ones that we had in the back for a little while. So I used to have the, my dad just had the really cheap ones that you'd put on and they could go over glasses or whatever else. that makes you not want to wear them. But when they're actually comfortable enough that you forget they're there,
0: then. And it's like a lot easier to wear.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So if safety glasses are the first thing you should wear, what's the second? Does it depend on what you're doing? Or? Well, yeah, I mean, it <laughs> depends.
2: I mean, hearing protection is an obvious one. You know, put on ear moths, put in earplugs. Again, they're inexpensive. Uh, you know, I have pretty substantial hearing loss in my left ear. Too much time with firearms and power tools and so on. I'm completely unprotected. When I was younger, people did not pay that much attention to that. So that didn't help. And you know what? Some of it, too, is just wearing clothing appropriate to the task. Work shirts are work shirts for a reason. They protect you from sun and you're crawling around on your elbows and knees. And are the stuff fabrics like stronger or something? What's... Yeah, the fabrics are stronger. Certainly something like, you know, we mentioned some brands and your Carhartt is famous for its brown duck, you know, cotton brown duck, which is like a canvas. Very, very cut resistant, abrasion resistant materials. But even cotton twill, for example, heavier cotton twill work shirts. You can wash them. Every time you wear them, they come back filthy. I will say
1: work pants, official work pants, I find so uncomfortable. They just need to be broken in so much of that. so stiff. They do, yeah. It takes a little while before they don't feel terrible, and that makes me not want to wear them.
2: Right. You got to pick your battles, you know. When you're crawling around, like I have a crawl space that I have to crawl through sometimes. You know, I will put on knee pads and stuff to go in there, but I do put on heavier something just to protect me. There's nails sticking out all over the place, and it's awful.
1: Since you mentioned knee pads, I don't know if they're the top priority for safety
0: gear. Unless you're skateboarding on a half <laughs> It's true.
1: But they're so great, and the good ones are worth the extra 20 bucks compared to the bad ones. I bought the Home Depot special for a backyard stone project, and I was dying. The straps cut into your legs. There's not a lot of padding in there and they fall off. And then we had these rigid knee pads that we had in for this story and I put them on and they just felt so good.
2: Ooh. Yeah. Those are like something that looks like a a hockey player would wear. I mean, but they're they're only
1: 40 bucks versus 15 I paid for the others. Absolutely worth it.
2: Yeah. If you're going to spend some time on your knees doing stuff, your knees are so easily irritated. When well, my grandfather was a carpenter and actually wore him out. It was a severe injury. It was wow. worn out.
1: What about footwear? I'm always torn on, do I really need to have work boots on for this job or can I just wear sneakers?
2: Uh, you know what? That's a good question. Contractors largely are disregarding a lot of the advice. I know some very good contractors. They wear shorts and sneakers and a t-shirt and that's it. They wear safety glasses. They don't wear safety glasses. I get it. That's what they're comfortable in. They're in and out of their truck. Also, they have laborers and some people doing some of the hardest work. I, I'm just I'm old school. I wish the listeners out there could look in on this <laughs> conversation and see this, like, this, this old guy, you know, lecturing. <laughs> I broke a toe one time with dropping a sheet of plywood on it. Mm. Today, you have a choice of a steel toe or what they call a structured toe, which is like just an impact resistant plastic, even aluminum. So had I been wearing a more modern pair of structured till work boots, it could have prevented the injury. I wear high ankle work boots because mm-hmm. I've been hitting the ankle.
0: And a broken ankle is not fun. No, a right. broken ankle
2: is pretty serious. Yeah, pretty. Anytime I do anything with a chainsaw, for example, I put on logger boots. I don't even wear my work boots. I I'd put want on, like a
0: suit of armor if I was going to use a chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. I think I just don't know how to use a chainsaw, but I'm <laughs> out there like
2: planking around. Yeah, chainsaws are a special case. I mean, there you really do have to pay close attention. No sneakers with chainsaw use.
1: I saw a Lumberjack, Lumberjill competition this past weekend at the Goshen Fair in Connecticut.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a cool fair.
1: They did not have safety glasses on for the competition when they just use an axe to chop the notch. I was shocked at that because I figured these guys are pros. They put their chaps on. The announcer made a huge point of saying they're getting off these chainsaws. They're going to put these chaps on. But then for one of the events, I don't remember what it's called, but when they just have the little segment of a trunk and they try to cut it in half faster. And there's chips flying everywhere. And these guys were no glasses. And Roy really had rubbed off on me because I was you worried for You were like, them. now
0: listen, Roy Berenson would tell you. Well, Stop here, this event. Yeah. Hold here, 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 this right now. Yeah. Someone could get hurt. You can put your eye
2: out. Here's the problem with eyewear. And actually, interestingly enough, I have been hit in the face swinging an axe. Not by the axe, of course. <laughs> although I may look you like think, it. I think we know. Uh, by, by, by wood chips. They will fly back. I've never been hit in the eye, but I have been hit. What happens, especially in those super aerobic exercise and the glasses tend to fog up, Mm. you know, uh, Uh which is a problem. I mean, I'll admit it. There are anti-fog sprays and wipes and all this stuff, but it's pretty hard under some circumstances, depending on the humidity in the air. Remember? Humidity, temperature, airspeed. (laughs) Um, For your glasses, your glasses will fog up. They're swinging that ax right between their feet right they've got to see you just can't have it you know so maybe that, they're
0: so professional that they know which way the chips are gonna that's probably fly. it yeah As yeah I would, I would They fall yeah. which way the chips will fall the,
1: I don't even know what the phrase means but I know it's a phrase but it's
0: funny now well cool well if you guys do anything this weekend around your house make sure you put on eyewear I you going to say is, you'd
1: come help it's like, absolutely
0: <laughs> uh no yeah no, <laughs> no I, meant our, I meant our <laughs> listeners be safe Roy is watching with both <laughs> eyes
2: and safety glasses <laughs>
0: time again for your favorite segment stump Eleanor contractor facts yeah this one how'd this one go contractor facts not my best work I have to say so we assign these to Eleanor and she usually just runs with it and does a very good job today I, I walked crawled or fell down fell it. down on the job I, I like we setting expectations if you were if you were we a contractor and you fell down on the job you could probably get workers comp
1: that's true well they all have insurance well they'll Licensed ones have very high insurance.
0: So the secret here is that Peter. <laughs>
1: this was my fault.
0: <laughs> this Peter's, this Peter's <laughs> fault. Already has contractor Also, tax. it doesn't rhyme, I want to point out. <laughs> but we'll contract. Well, contract. Fax. Fax.
1: Yeah. That was, we were desperate. Really playing yeah. fast It was a late lose. meeting when we were trying to figure <laughs> out what to put meeting. in It late meeting. Do you want to share what you found and I can tell my well, only contractor fact? I will share my favorite contractor fact that I got from Peter and then verified. How's that?
0: <laughs> that sounds good.
1: Yeah, I like being on the hook for this.
0: You get reserved parking at Home Depot if you're a contractor. Wait, seriously? Yeah.
1: There's contractor parking spaces in some big box hardware stores.
0: Wow. Yeah. Where are they? Like up front?
1: Near the front, yeah. up Usually near, like the lumberyard. Does it say, con- like, does it say like,
0: contractor on it?
1: Yeah, it's like you know how the pregnant mother spots.
0: Wow. So it's
1: not official government well, like handicap spots. That's yeah. Why?
0: Why did you think that wasn't a good fact? No, that's my one good fact. Oh, that's what you got. <laughs> I gotta say. Well,
1: you have another good fact that I gave you that started this problem. I think
0: you can explain this fact, Peter.
1: I can't fully explain it. Roy is working on it for a future Ask Roy. But one thing I learned with the contractor we're working with now is that some projects qualify for state tax. <laughs>
0: uh,
3: you don't have to pay.
1: Right. If it is a tax. capital improvement, no you don't have to pay sales tax. If it is not a capital improvement, you do. And mm-hmm. the difference is capital improvements, if you were to remove them, I mean, this is a very bad description of the difference, but it would affect the home. Like, like so, the
0: home's value or something? Like the structural integrity. Yeah. Oh. You, would,
1: you couldn't just go in and live in that place. So if you installed a deck and then you took it away, that is a capital improvement because you're improving something. If you took it away, it's changing the like, structure of the home a little oh, bit. Oh, I see. And okay. so for us, the issue was we got new hardwood floors put in and the guy added sales tax to it. And I'd never been charged sales tax by a contractor before. So did a little reporting and found that in New York, we have this distinction between capital improvement. It varies by state. But here, if it's a capital improvement, which adding hardwood floors is, is, then there's no sales tax.
0: And you went back to him and said, yes, stop charging me tax.
1: I mean, because he like tacked an extra $900 onto our bill. Wow. So It was a good savings. I was very excited when I found the list because he wanted me to show him proof, which I think he was sort of slow playing because it's just more money for him.
0: Yeah. Although you didn't know, so maybe he doesn't know. But he's Although a contractor. contractor, and floor
1: installations are pretty common. That's so, true. That's but true. A- apparently, if you just did a floor covering, if you put down new carpet or whatever, that is not a capital improvement. Mm-hmm. You're just replacing what's there. But, but new hardwood floors are since you're tearing up the floor surface, putting something new on the subfloor. Uh-huh. That's new. Although carpet's new on the subfloor, that doesn't Does seem a
0: right. New toilet count?
1: I don't think so. Uh. So adding cabinetry counts. Uh-huh. Sanding and staining cabinets. Does not count, count, so you would get taxed on that.
0: Okay. So, well, just so be aware. I guess just if you run into this problem, look it up in your state because that could is, save you a lot of money. Could save you a lot of money. Yeah, and it seems yeah. like an easy
1: way for contractors to pad your bill if they're not nice people. Yeah, but it, a lot of them are. Which a lot of them nice are. Nice people,
0: and they get to hang out in the front of Home Depot. That's right, <laughs> and that's a fact, and that's been <laughs> per facts. <laughs> so we have our technology editor Alex George in here to talk about back to school tech. Seems like a lot of kids are using more technology now for school than they ever used to.
3: Yeah, I was at journalism school in 2011. You still bought the books. Teacher printed out photocopies of pages from books that they had. Oh yeah, all they did that. that for me in college. But this past summer, Apple announced this $329 iPad that works with Apple Pencil. And that was this push to get into the space of where you could store your textbooks on your tablet and Try and get into what college student or high school student marketplace that Google is kind of dominating with Chromebooks or companies that make Chromebooks. These are these $500 and cheaper laptops that are kind of bare minimum. That's like
0: mostly what college students and high school students buy or can afford? Google
3: has a big, like the big market share of that generally. Yeah, just because they're cheaper. And like you said, now that class check-in is online, materials are obtained online. So having a tool like that is pretty essential right now. Right,
0: right. Totally. So... With your article, what did you focus on? Did you focus on tablets and things like that?
3: I get asked a fair amount from people with kids, do I need to spend $2,000 on a new Mac laptop for their kid who's going away? Yeah. So to answer that, and I kind of looked at what a lot of colleges require, so many design colleges that do CAD design, they require Windows, so that led me to researching laptops and test those out. That led me to the Dell XPS laptops, which actually just got updated recently. Mm -hmm. Those are awesome Windows laptops and you can get configurations that have a better GPU or whatever if you need to do video editing, that kind of thing. We looked at that iPad that I mentioned too. And we looked at a Chromebook called the Asus C three oh two, which is that one's five hundred bucks and that's an awesome deal for a really good laptop. And that's actually another thing that has changed since I was in college too, is these Chromebooks, they're really good now. Like they're cheap, but they can do if you're used to working at Google Docs, they have versions of Word for it now, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're really just super capable laptops for cheap now.
0: Right. Are they smaller than they used to be? Because I had one in college that was so heavy. Oh, my God. Was it I Chromebook? Had to, I don't think Chromebooks were a thing yet. It was just like a Dell laptop. Yeah, That was yeah. like heavy as heck. I swear. I remember carrying it in my backpack on my bike to class just being like oh, this is like carrying a tower to class you know
3: oh they're so much better now yeah some of the gaming pcs we test here are that size and they're enormous and they've really loud fans and all that but uh-huh. they're so much better now i mean especially like an ipad and having that i mean i'm still not sold on like handwriting apps and like using a tablet for both taking notes and having the reading on it that kind of stuff right. But you can do all that with it that can be the only thing you carry and apple has partnerships with Textbook publishers, so you can get the textbooks on there. and You can have them returned at the end of the year when you're done with them. They get automatically updated. It's a whole lot easier now.
0: Right. So, what else did you recommend besides laptops? Anything else?
3: Just some stuff that you would want to have as a student. We, uh, we did the photo shoot with two guys, Ahad and Samuel. They're both at Columbia University, and one's a uh, physics and computer science major, another one's an applied physics major. These are just stupidly over-accomplished kids who oh, do. Yeah. Uh, when I gave them the iPad, one of them was drawing like, Flight equations for like a satellite orbit (laughs) physics stuff on it, you know, crazy. And you're like,
0: I majored in English, so yeah. Who am I (laughs) I doing here?
3: But I was thinking about, you know, what would a kid like this want? And one of them was uh, this company called Anchor that makes ANKER. They make backup batteries and replacement cables and stuff. They I did not
0: know that's how you pronounce that. I was pronouncing it like on or some cool, (laughs) accent on it.
3: Yeah. Well, they have this new spinoff brand called Soundcore, and they made these $99 noise-canceling headphones. They're not near the quality of like a $350 pair of Bose headphones. Thinking about being in the dorm room and if you know, your roommate's watching TV or something like have something like that. We looked at the 2018 version of a thumb drive
0: uh-huh.
3: and one side has USB-C. And so if you did spend on like a MacBook laptop one of the new ones that only has USB-C.
0: Now what is USB-C?
3: That's that. So the new MacBook Is Mac it laptops, a bank? That
0: sounds like a bank name. <sighs> Check.
3: Sorry. <laughs> you know, USB or Lightning? I know what like, a USB is, yeah. It's this new version <laughs> of it that, if you look at the new MacBooks, they only have this oval plug, and that's USB C. You can charge it with it, you can transfer data at super high speeds. It's this oh. new plug that's uh, the iPhone doesn't have it. Maybe the next generation of them will, but like a lot of new phones use it instead of micro USB or whatever. Okay. And kind of the pain of having all these MacBooks is that. To plug it into something. So, Sandisk makes this little thumb drive that has that USB C. So, if you need to move something from that to like a school computer, give a presentation, something like
0: that. Assuming your school computer has one of those.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it pops out both. It does USB C, and then the other side is regular old school USB. So, that's like something that a small little thing that I've needed. Here and there, just even at the office and for sure at school when you're like moving to laptop. And how much, how much does that cost? That thing is $38 for 128 gigs, which again, thinking back to how much storage was probably on that laptop you held. That's like, that's crazy. <laughs> like amount like of, a space. of it or something. Yeah.
0: Can I ask a tech question that yeah. isn't actually necessarily back to school, but is related to this? Why do we keep changing the plugs for things? Like you mentioned micro USB and right. we're doing that now. And before we were doing something else, it seems like every few years we switch the plugs. Why? <laughs> Why?
3: God, you remember in the mid 2000s when every phone had a different one? Yeah, like all exactly. And it was
0: like, I felt Ugh. like you had to have like 20 cords if your friends wanted to charge anything.
3: Yeah. And yeah. you had to bring your own. Yeah. Well also the batteries lasted like a month. Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> that like I do remember that. School. Yeah. So they keep on changing because the advantages of USB-C is that it's a little more complicated than this because there's... Stuff that going on underneath that you don't see, but more comes down to contact points. When you plug something in, how many parts of it are touching each other, and that means how much information, how fast it can go between one thing to the other. So USB C has, you know, say the male goes into the female plug. Inside of that, there's a male end inside on the the MacBook or something like that, uh-huh. and that adds like another layer of connection oh, points and everything. So that just means you can send data super quick through it. Gotcha. And things also charge just a whole lot more quickly with it. Okay. So. Remember, like phones used to have micro USB that takes forever to charge and it's just it's faster. All data moves quicker. You know, I remember how monitors used to like you have that like plug with the pins and the little screws on the end. That, oh, you know, yeah. You plug Gosh, in? that
0: thing was terrible.
3: So instead of that, you just have one of these tiny
0: little plugs. OK. And then you I'm do- glad we got rid of those. Man. Those were oh, so ooh, annoying. Those were tough. So what else did you recommend for students? Anything?
3: So, yeah, we got uh, so Let's see. The Dell XPS, the new MacBooks. I think the 13 inch MacBook without the touch bar MacBook Pro. That's an awesome computer. Yeah, I recommend that to anybody who really needs like a full-on computer. The ASUS C302 for a Chromebook is an excellent Chromebook. I also put in a, um, it's a little extravagant, but a laptop stand. You set your laptop in it, and it kind of holds it up at eye level. And then you use like I have like a, I think it's like a fifty-dollar Logitech keyboard that I use with it. Uh huh. And so your laptop is at eye level, so you're not just hunched over it all the time because right. pretty much everybody buys laptops now. Right, like some um, kind of like
0: monkey. Yeah. Yeah. If,
3: I mean. Even now, you having to get up and stretch and all that. So a little thing yeah. like that. It's called Roost. Laptop stand. That was another one.
0: Wait, how much is that?
3: All right. So that's a little extravagant. It's 75 bucks, but they Ooh. make ones that are cheaper than that.
0: Yeah, use your summer job earnings, college kids. What else
3: do we look at? Quicksilver has this backpack, uh, the Quicksilver Pack Safe, 25 liter anti-theft backpack got these really big chunky zippers on it and you can pull the zippers together into this little built-in um combo locking thing so if like you're worried about leaving in the library or or your computer's in there something like that it's good for that right Um, although
0: somebody could just steal the whole thing presumably yeah
3: and just knife it up i guess but it also has like a coating on it that makes it hard to cut into Uh,
0: okay so hopefully deterrent from that kind of stealing as well
3: yeah for sure and also just so stuff doesn't fall out of it too and also I looked at this thing called the Book Everlast. So what that is, it's a newer version. They the company first came out with these notebooks that you would write on and put in the microwave and that would clear them. This was a couple of years ago. It was like a weird Kickstarter campaign. Whoa. So they have a new version, which is you write with these markers that are made for like a whiteboard, basically. Not yeah. markers, but like pens. And you take a microfiber cloth and like wipe it down whenever Afterward. you're done. So you only oh. need like five pages in it huh and you can like take a picture of it I to actually scan it.
0: could use that here because i go through so many notebooks the notes i take are so stupid so i actually just got off the phone doing an interview for the magazine and i won't say who but it was for our new stunts column and you know you end up writing like horses you have a page full of like why did i do that i have no idea and right. then you're wasting paper
3: yeah i mean i think this is cool just because it saves paper that way and actually as i was researching this too Handwriting still wins over typing notes all the time in terms, in terms of memory of, retention. Really? Yeah. It's oh, that's just good. Pretty unequivocal, which is kind of annoying because it's so much more convenient to type everything
0: out. But uh-huh. yeah,
3: handwriting is just awesome for that. So anybody's listening to this is starting school right now, that write that's it, a it huge down. Help. Write it down with your hand. Yeah, do the writing and then retype it after. Yeah.
0: And definitely don't try to microwave a regular notebook because they have metal coils in them. Yeah, the RA <laughs> like is going to kick you out. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to get in trouble for that. For this week's testing table, we are going to make butter, and that is remarkably simple. I feel like we (laughs) avoid doing recipes on here because you're like, oh, there's going to be a lot of steps. No one wants to write that down. (laughs) This
1: has very few steps. This was in
0: our how to make anything issue, and it has three steps.
1: And we should say this is Francine Maroukian who writes for us. This is her neighbor, Roland, who runs a motorcycle shop. This is not what I expect you to say her neighbor, Roland, did. (laughs)
0: So he makes his own butter this way? And he makes butter this way. Wow.
1: So this came from him.
0: So we're going to see if it's right. We're going to see if it works.
1: Since you have the magazine on your side, will you tell me these complicated directions? I will.
0: (laughs) I will. So this doesn't say you have to use a ball jar, but Peter graciously brought in a ball jar for us to play with. You are supposed to fill it about one third full with heavy cream, which we have.
1: These things never open very easily. There we go. Oh,
0: you did it. One third. Okay. I was like, stop.
1: Too high? That's okay.
0: That's fine. I want
1: a little over a third. That's,
0: that's it's like a
1: three eighths. Three eighths.
0: <laughs> now next the step two is shake for at least ten minutes.
1: Oh so this is gonna be a ten minute segment? Well, I this mean, will, we, this we will can, be a ten minute we can, experience we'll for cu- us. Yeah, it'll we'll ten minute it.
0: experience for us and we can cut it out. Okay. Let's see people. if you can okay, hear ready? the
1: shaking. Okay, so
0: hopefully the sound is going to change. We're going to have to pass it around, because shaking something for 10 tiring. minutes, yeah. that's like a shake way say, That's now. already
1: got to be tiring. Yeah, really. I also don't know, now you should know I, know I, how I be shaking like this? Should I be shaking vertically? Maybe. Should I rotate my wrist? It, it doesn't yeah. say.
0: There's only three steps, Peter. You've got to interpret. So step three is going to happen along the way. It says, that your ring. ring. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the heavy cream will then become whipped cream. And once you feel it shift around differently in the jar, you'll have butter.
1: I hope it's with one of you guys at that point. <laughs> uh, it's shifting differently, I think. I don't know.
0: I bought a baguette just in case we succeed. And I was like, I wonder if we're going to end up having like whipped cream on bread. And that's what we're going to have. I can't Let's maybe see that's how good. it would be bad.
1: Yeah. It sounds cool.
0: So we talked about this the other day. Like, What is butter? I know that did I, we answer it? <laughs> I don't think we did. I think I'm gonna look it up right now. You like While you're shaking, it'll
1: make us look dumb again.
0: I don't think that's that dumb. I'm impressed I mean,
1: you've shaken this long without getting tired. Is. I was just about to ask if you're ready for your. I'm, chair. Okay, yeah, I'm killing ready. It.
0: Wait, are we even tracking how many minutes it's oh, been? Oh
1: here. I'll start the timer. We'll okay, do nine minutes. Let's do
0: nine minutes. It sounds a little different. It
1: does sound. It sounds a little thicker to me now. Could that just be the space taken up by the bubbles?
0: What? I don't know. <laughs> what does that even mean? I've never been better before. You like,
1: I'm, this is a weird way to shake. You did this wrist version? I can't. I thought hug. that was I could easier. Do that. This way kind of got old. This.
0: Way. I was Googling what is butter and it auto-finished to what is butter made of and it just says milk. <laughs> <laughs> That's, okay, so butter is the dairy product made from churning milk or cream. The churning process separates the butter fat, the solids, from the buttermilk. <gasps> That's what's left over is buttermilk. Butter milk. Okay. The butter we most often buy is made from cow's milk. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Let's see. Butter... Versus whipped cream. Well, wait, wait, wait.
1: So the butter though is made from the butter solids.
0: So it can <laughs> Such make a s- funny
1: sound in the background the whole <laughs> time.
0: <laughs> it can make a stable foam structure that we know is whipped cream, or it can emulsify into butter. So emulsifying is what it's going to do. With a small amount of brute physical force, <laughs> you can effectively transform cream into. A scoopable, spreadable, all-around easier-to-wrangle product. And we should say that this, this. this is from Serious Eats, what I'm reading right now, which I found online. so At
1: least that's trustworthy, yeah.
0: I think they are trustworthy, yeah. yeah. Okay, so.
1: It's definitely thicker. I think it's whipped cream I now.
0: think you're making whipped cream. So, okay, it says apply some work and you have whipped cream. Apply more work, you have fresh butter. If you add acid-producing bacteria, you get creme fraiche. And if you decide to whip that, you have full-flavored cultured butter and tangy buttermilk. So, I guess we're going to keep... Shaking. That yeah. it sounds. Because look, you can't hear it now.
1: That's true. Well, wow. that seems like a perfect time to pause the recording we pause <laughs> if we it? can't okay, hear it anymore. Let's pause
0: it while we keep going. So let's talk here. What's happening? It's changed in color Changing a little state. bit. First of it's all, it's like a little bit yellower.
1: Right. Well, the liquid around it. I looks think you white. destroyed it, Peter, because it I was, know, it was think... solid and not really moving. And now it's, all, I it's liquidy. I think you turned again. it
0: into butter, soul handedly. <laughs> That's kind of what I do. We should say also that after we paused it, we passed it around. So right. Peter hasn't yeah. been <laughs> shaking it this whole time.
1: <laughs> and according to our timer, we still have four minutes left. Okay. It's funny. Oh, I sound man. out well, of breath. Well, let's just keep going.
0: This is tough. Four minutes.
1: It's It's fun.
0: <laughs> we were talking a little bit about what a butter churn is. <laughs> and we pieced oh, it there's, together. There's for sure a lump of butter in the center of this. Oh, I'm what excited about this. If we
1: overdo it, we can't based on what you I don't were think reading, you right? Wait, so I don't do think you, you think the solid part, that's the butter solid solids? The butter. So <laughs> do you think we made butter and buttermilk? Yeah, obviously that, that's wasn't how it that works. was that what she <laughs> taught us <laughs> before? I, <laughs> I thought the whole thing was going to solidify. I didn't I know it was going to separate. No, yeah,
0: it has to separate. Yeah, and you call me stupid. Well, I
1: mean, I thought it would until Jackie said, and you have buttermilk and butter. I never called you stupid. I wonder if
0: this butter is going to be really good. Do you think it's going to be good?
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Well, There's everybody knows that I'm you want this... salted
1: butter, not unsalted well, butter. Well, we did right. bring we some brought, salt in here. We brought some salt. Oh,
0: that's what that was. Just, yeah. <laughs> I'm shaking. making that salt. I'm don't, making... don't waste We've your shaking power. We've almost got power.
1: a band. It's true. <laughs> if you I, could can, just... I
0: can bang the baguette on things. That's
1: true. Just like when we had the guys from... Um... It wasn't oh. Stomp, it was the other group well, that was in here.
0: the main guy was from Stomp, but they were also in another, Momentum Drums yeah. was the name of it. That uh, was fun. That was fun. They raided Roy's Workshop. If you're a listener and I you want to go back and listen one. to that, that it's cool. called Momentum Drums Raids Roy's Workshop, and they made a whole song oh, out of like with, saws.
1: Yeah, like a it belt was, sander. There was stuff happening. was oh, great. it was wild. Yeah, they were great. I like that it's changing. Yeah, you can hear the liquid now. Yeah. So when it didn't make any sound, it must have still been separating the fats from the... I think that was...
0: When it didn't make any sound, I think was when it was whipped cream.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think it had thickened enough because it had enough air in it that it wasn't sloshing.
0: Yeah. And it started started sloshing during Peter's round, so I think Peter made it butter.
1: I take credit for that. You guys just made whipped cream. I made butter (laughs) today. (laughs) Because I'm so strong. I'm the
0: strongest of all of us.
1: I haven't gone to the gym in two months. I fell really? on the stairs. Really? Oh, because you
0: have a... Wait, you fell down the stairs? What? Yeah. I was. I thought you were going to say because you have a new baby. But oh, yeah, that, I thought so too. <laughs> too.
1: So I landed on my back oh. on the last like two wooden stairs. You weren't s- holding the baby when that happened. Well, I was. <gasps> it was the worst moment of my child rearing time. Oh my god, that's the scariest child, thing I your,
0: can think your, of. I was going to say your child's get, like ruined. Now. It was.
1: Well, I was so freaked out, and we called the doctor. But she was in my arm across me. With her head, like in my hand, oh, luckily. Oh, you landed on your back. And I slammed down on the ground, but my arms sort of bounced her in it. Yeah. But it was just such a horrifying experience that we have this five-day-old baby, and I almost threw her down the stairs.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. So we
1: immediately went out and spent a lot of money on a carpet runner for the stairs. Good call. We were the buyers that whatever price you give us, we'll take right, it. Right, you're like,
0: <laughs> so we almost smashed her baby, and whatever you'd like us to pay, right? a million dollars, excellent. Right? It oh, wasn't my gosh, even like- I can see it in there.
1: It looks delicious.
0: It does. Well, we'll see, I guess. But but. the
1: thing is, so at fancy restaurants, I like when the butter is whipped and soft. I like that too. What is this going to be like and how could we make it that? Yeah.
0: I think, oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe if you got some egg beaters and you had a bunch of it and you whipped it with Mm. air, like if you take the Mm. solid out of here and then whip the butter, just the solid part part with air and maybe some salt, I don't know.
1: Are any of you guys gonna try and drink the buttermilk? Absolutely no. not. Are think, you? Right, you should.
0: Is it buttermilk? Some people I, really so- It's really sour, right? I don't really oh, like it, it,
1: but I have known people who legitimately enjoyed I drinking don't know buttermilk. About it, is it sour? It yeah, tastes different. It's a sour. It's,
0: it's good in uh, recipes.
1: I've only had buttermilk <laughs> <don't like> pancake It's <laughs> good, is the only good in recipes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think because the acid in buttermilk Ooh, reacts 15 with. Seconds. The, Fifteen seconds.
0: Fifteen yeah. seconds. Yeah. Shake super hard. So I think the
1: acid in buttermilk reacts with the baking powder, and that's what buttermilk pancakes. That's why they're Does fluffy. it make it makes them fluffier? I think so, yeah. Because oh, really? I think they bubble. It Did bubbles. you know
0: you can also make kefir pancakes? I have a hipster friend isn't who made that, them. Isn't
1: kefir a lime? Kefir? I thought it was a lime, No, that, well, that is
0: also a lime, but oh, okay. uh, it's, like, it's <laughs> yeah, also, like a, also. There's two of us it's like a that. weird liquid yogurt. It's spelled K-E-F-I-R. Oh,
1: sorry, it's done. That's what oh. that noise is. Guys. All right, let's see. Here, wait. You have...
0: Kevin has a knife? All right, we're opening it. Y'all, there is butter in here. Whoa! Look at that. Wow. Hey, I'm so glad that worked because... We printed it in a magazine, and I think <laughs> so, i sure. put ten minutes into I'm it. I'm sure someone tested it, but that is wild. Well,
1: should we should say most of the stuff we put in the magazine works.
0: That no, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't put that in there.
1: It's all tested. It is. This by Roland, not by us. Well, I'll say not by not by, by me. It. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Thanks. All right, guys. So Peter has some salt. Oh yeah, there's
1: some salt. If you want to pass that around, and
0: yeah, let's. Ooh, it's very soft. That looks like
1: a pretty good... I think this is kind of close to whipped butter. Maybe this is how they make it at restaurants. (laughs) There's one guy in the back. There's poor guy in the (laughs) back. It's like one of the stations in the...
0: Just started and they're like, yeah, you're the butter whipper. Good luck. Thank you.
1: This is crazy. Also, though, can we just say, this is also a crazy way to get your butter.
0: Right, (laughs) Right, you (laughs) could buy it in the supermarket. It's like
1: 70 cents for a stick.
0: I mean, unless... You know, if you wanted to make some really nice butter, you could get cream from a a farmer's market or something. Then you could maybe do it if you get really fresh cream.
1: I would make goat milk butter. Oh. Or yak milk butter. Because you must be able to buy yak milk somewhere.
0: Y'all it's butter. Is it good? <laughs> oh my gosh. And oh, salt sorry, paste. yeah. What? Is there
1: any appliance in our house, in like the average house or kitchen, that you could use to do the shaking for you? Well, wouldn't you just use mixers? Mm -hmm. Would that work?
0: Yeah. I think a mixer. Cuisinart, maybe.
1: We've made whipped cream on one of those. Is the Cuisinart the thing that everybody has? The KitchenAid. KitchenAid. We've made made whipped cream on a KitchenAid. So I imagine if you just kept it running, it would turn it into butter.
0: Mm. This is great. This is going to be me chewing. It's really good. It's good, right? (laughs) I mean, what the
1: heck? Thanks, Roland.
0: Wow. Okay, so the way we normally end this is, uh, would you buy this, which obviously is not a thing, but would you do this?
1: You know what I actually would do is... It's really good.
3: I know.
0: It's really good. I know.
3: So,
1: yes, I would do this, and especially what I'll do that is I get heavy whipping cream for stuff occasionally, and sometimes at the supermarket I can only find, like, mm. the size carton that's bigger than I want. I'll just take the rest and make butter. That's a I good know. idea.
0: Exactly. Also, it's the same with if you have whole milk, you can make ricotta cheese out of it if you have leftover. What? hmm I love ricotta. How do you do that? You put it in a saucepan. Don't boil it, but just keep it right below boiling, and put in either vinegar or lemon juice. Hmm. Then turn it off, let it sit, and it'll curdle. And then you just take the curds out. Curds is ricotta. Amazing. I mm-hmm. do that too. Mm-hmm. I would do this at a party. <laughs> I think I'm going to do this at a party. Or, a camp- like, or like a camping trip. That's true. You know what I mean? Just that's like- a great one. Mm-hmm. You have to bring cream for, I don't know why you'd have to bring cream on a camping trip. <laughs> but if you're going like car camping or something, you just be yeah. like, here, shake this. Well, you need to manufacture a situation and be like, oh no, I forgot the butter.
1: Wait, I know what we can do. <laughs>
0: exactly. Great moments in handiness. That's mm-hmm. true.
1: Which comes out next month. Well, I guess to podcast listeners, comes out three months from
0: now. November issue. Yeah, so try this; it's delicious, it's really good. Mm-hmm. That's our show, y'all. The most useful podcast ever is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Brandcasters Inc. at www.brandcastingu.com. We'd like to thank Bettina Warshaw and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics editor in chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And if you want to read more about life hacks, projects, science, and technology, check out our website, popularmechanics.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the print and digital edition of Popular Mechanics magazine for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Thanks for listening.